It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Day to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Takes over. Say it together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word... Shout it out. I am. Hallelujah. Remain standing, if you would, for just a moment. Go to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Again, we welcome those watching at all of our campuses today. Acts 16 and verse 1. When you have it, say, I have it. If you're still flipping, say, hold on, Bishop. If you look to maps, then you're too far. (laughs) Acts 16 and 1, you got it? It says, then he came to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple or student was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to have him go on with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region, for they all knew his father was Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. So what's happening is Paul has now got a spiritual son whose name is Timothy, and he's taking Timothy with him. And everywhere they go, they are taking the order that the church is set from Jerusalem. You still with me? Verse 5, so the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in the number daily. Now when they had gone through Phygeria in the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach. Now, now. Maybe you don't see the paradox there, but but it says God forbid them to preach the word. It, it doesn't seem like God would stop people from doing something that seems to give him glory, but he did. Verse 7, and after they'd come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the spirit did not permit them. So now we've got two instances where God is keeping them from doing something that looks to be good, but obviously it's not God. Verse 8, so passing by Messiah, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night, and a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word today. 
Father, we thank you, Lord, that there are certain things that while they may look good to us, they are not God things. And we thank you for blocking everything that wasn't a God thing from out of our lives. And I pray that over these next few moments, you would do what only you can do, which is take these lips of clay and speak through them. Father, speak through a human being words of divinity, words that define, words that will change our course and get us in alignment with the plan that you set for us before the foundation of the earth. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. High five somebody as you take your seat and say, God blocked it, God blocked it, God blocked it, God blocked it. Uh, too often we assume that everything that doesn't go according to our plan is a bad thing or we assume that it's Satan doing something or we assume that it's the enemy doing something and we often make the miscalculated assumption that all resistance is a sign to press harder. But the text makes it clear that that's not always the case. It, it, it seems almost paradoxical that God would allow them to see an open door to do something good, but then he prevents them from walking through that door. I think there's some people in the house today and whatever campus you're at today that'll say, there's been times where you thought there was something good you were supposed to do to only get to that door and then have God shut that door right in your face. Am I talking to anybody? There, there have been opportunities that are presented themselves that we thought this is the opportunity this is the time for me to do this to only get to that opportunity and see that there's resistance there and more often than not we assume that resistance is Satan but I'm here to let somebody know today that all resistance that come isn't the enemy trying to stop you sometimes it's God trying to block you just your neighbor say God blocked it now, now, now watch this, watch this. It, 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 the scripture says that the Holy Spirit forbid or prevented them from preaching the word. That doesn't even make any natural sense because you think that God wanted everybody to hear the word. You think that God wanted everybody to hear this saving uh, word, this good news of Jesus Christ. But what I found, brothers and sisters, through the years is that God plays chess with himself. I'm here to tell you that Satan's already been defeated, so you don't have to worry about him moving any of the pawns. But I've learned that God plays chess with himself, and the game he's playing is called your life. Only it's not a game for him. Every move he makes, it's strategic. Tell somebody say strategic. God in his awesomeness, in his omniscience, omni, all things, ascient, the, the consciousness, he is all consciousness. In his great wisdom, he sits on either side of the table making calculated moves so that he can position you just right. I'm here to tell you that some of the stuff you went through, you ought not be crying about. You ought to be shouting about because it was God that was blocking some stuff from happening in your life. Touch somebody say, God blocked it, God blocked it. He's always positioning you just right for what he has planned uh, in your life. And so many times you can seem like your life is spinning out of control and God says, I've got you just where I want you. So many times it can seem like the bottom's falling out and God says, I've got you just where I want you. Why, Bishop? Because the scripture says the steps of the righteous. Now, who's the righteous? That's us. Not because we do everything right, but because 2,000 years ago, he did one thing right. He stood on Calvary, and he took the punishment for my sin and for your sin. And in that moment, he says, I've made you my righteousness, which means I may not do everything just right, but that's all right. I'm still his righteousness. You may not like me, but I'm still his righteousness. You may talk about me, but I'm still his righteousness. So the steps of the righteous, who's that? Us have been ordered by God, which means even the steps we didn't quite get the ability to comprehend, 
God says, I was behind the scenes making the moves. Touch your neighbor, say, God blocked it. Now, 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 watch this, watch this. Because God has ordered your steps, you need to come to one realization today that failure is not an option in your life. Maybe I'll take you this side of the kicks. They didn't hear me over here. Failure is not an option in your life. Bishop, how do you know that? Because God has invested way too much in you to lose on his investment. I'm going to tell you, he's not a Wall Street broker. He is the ultimate broker that says, anytime I make an investment, you can best believe I'm going to get a return on my investment. It may look like failure to you, but God says what looked like failure was really a setup for your set. Okay, let me talk to this side. Maybe y'all can hear what I'm saying. God says failure's not an option because I'm ordering your steps. So even the steps that look like were failure, they were setting you up for something greater. See, I'm here to tell you, you don't have any reason to have your head down. You don't have any reason to walk around feeling depressed and, and feeling sad for yourself. Baby, put your tissues away. It's time to end that pity party because God says, I never intended for you to fail in the first place. I saved you from that. I saved you from that. And I've invested way too much in you to lose on my investment. Touch your neighbor say, God blocked it. Now listen to the text. The text says, the Holy Spirit forbid or prevented them from preaching the word. Now notice, he only prevented them from preaching in certain places. He, he, he didn't say they couldn't do it, just not in those places at that time. So let me help the single folks. God wasn't saying for you to be single forever. He was just saying, not them and not then. See, I know you had your eyes fixed on them because you were ignoring all of the red flags because you made permanent decisions from temporary locations. And God wasn't saying you're never going to have a spouse. He was just saying, not them and not now. God was not saying to you, you're never going to own that business. He was just saying, not this one and not at that time. That God blocks some things from you that you weren't ready for. He blocks some things for you that you wouldn't have been able to handle. And even though you may have thought in your own finite thinking, in his infinite wisdom, he said no. Touch your neighbor say, God blocked it. Now watch this. Watch this. In fact, Paul goes on to Ephesus to preach and he spreads the gospel throughout all of Asia in just over two years. That's in Acts chapter 19. But he did that at divine timing. Say divine timing. Divine. divine. So we're talking about divinity. We're talking about God. And then we're talking about timing. See, Ecclesiastes says in chapter 3 that there is a time for every purpose under the sun. Which means this. Watch this. Your three-year-old is brilliant, I'm sure. They are wise and they, Bible says wisdom comes from the mouth of babes. So many times God will use your children to get you straight. Any parents where your child had to get you together, you said, I don't quite feel like going to church today. And your child came in there fully dressed saying, come on, let's go. Many times God will use them. But watch this. Despite their great wisdom and despite all of how God uses them, they're not ready to drive. Bishop, how do you know that? Because they can't reach the pedals. It's no deep reason. No deep. No, nothing deep. Nothing deep. They are underdeveloped for a place that they will inhabit one day. But today is not that day. 
See, I'm just trying to help you look back over your yesterday and celebrate all of the stuff that you went through and celebrate all of the tribulation that you went through and celebrate. See, you better thank God for your enemies more than you do your friends because the scripture says your enemies are your footstool. Your friends will provide comfort. Your enemies will spawn change. Now look what he says. He says, he says he prevented them or forbid them from preaching the word. Now watch this. Asia looked like the next logical door because of the mission they were on. And what I found from serving God for many years is that what seems logical to us can be very illogical to God. It, it, it can make perfect sense to us and make absolutely no sense to God. To the contrary, to the contrary, what makes perfect sense to God, you're sitting back saying, huh? You're like that Geico commercial with the caveman. Uh, what? It seemed like the next logical step for them to go to Asia. Asia, in that time, uh, during Roman occupation, Asia uh, was considered an untapped region. It was considered a region that was wide open. There was opportunity. It was the land to preach the gospel. People hadn't heard it, and they'd be open to it because they were all looking for something greater than themselves. But God doesn't always do things in a way that makes sense to us. The reason is because God works from the end to the beginning, not the beginning to the end. Flip to Isaiah 46.10. Flip there real quick. I want you to see this. Isaiah 46.10. <laughs> he said, I'm going to get my clarity. Where you say? Isaiah 46.10. Now, I want you to see this. I want you to see this. He says, I don't work from A to Z. I work from Z to A. God says, I know the destination, the destiny, the place I want you to be. And I know exactly what you're going to need to be prepared to get there. So when I'm planning, I'm not planning from beginning to end. Here, here's what happens when you plan from beginning to end. You can only guess about what you need at the next level. Okay, you, but when you're planning from beginning to end, you can have anticipation of what you're going to need, but you don't have a definitive understanding of what you need because you've not been there. So you may say, I'm having a barbecue and I'm going to invite a few folks, but you don't know who all is going to show up. So you may purchase food for the amount of people that you invited, but come on, let's tell the truth. You know that that number is going to multiply at least by three because somebody's going to go tell somebody who's going to tell somebody. And you're thinking to yourself, well, I invited you. Now, who the rest of the day? Who the rest of the day? Who, who are all these extra folks? So you were only able to plan based on the limited information you had from square one. God doesn't work that way. God says, I know everything you're going to need because I've already planned square B. So I know what you're going to need at level A so that you'll be able to get to level B and you won't be a shooting star. Because shooting stars, they rise fast, but they fall faster. So he says, I work from the end to the beginning. Now look at the verse. He says, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Let, let me translate for you. God says, I'm going to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, and either you can do it 
voluntarily or involuntarily. But either way, I will do my pleasure and my counsel shall stand. Now, 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 now watch this, watch this, watch this. Z, say Z. Now, uh, in a previous uh, experience, we had a little alphabetical sequence problem. So what comes before Z? Okay, I just want to get that straight before I get to the illustration. Okay, because I said Z and they said A inside this time. Okay, now, Z. God says, I started Z. And God says, I know what Z is going to look like for you. He's going to this, 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 this. I got it figured out. Got it? Jeremiah 29, I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you. Now, he says, now, but before you get to Z, I know you're going to need a Y. Because with no Y, you are unable to succeed at your Z. That's why when you're going through things and you're in, uh, in difficult situations, sometimes it doesn't make sense. But when you get out of that thing, you're able to turn around and look from your Z to see why it had to happen. Because he works from the end to the beginning. Now, 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 watch this, watch this. Scripture says in the, in the text we looked at that he was forbidden to go into Asia. Now, most people would look at that and, and think that perhaps there was uh, a travel plan. Uh, Paul's travel agent was unable to get the plan set up and the boat left and they didn't get the opportunity to get there or something along these lines. But that's not the case at all. When you're looking at the Bible, you can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. Now, Bishop, what, what, what's the difference? Uh, there is something behind every word that appears in Scripture. So much so that your Old Testament, which is written primarily in Hebrew, your Old Testament, for every English word we have, there were originally three Hebrew words. Now, now Bishop, what are you trying to say? Uh, Hebrew words, not only do they have uh, uh, alphabetical uh, definition, but Hebrew words also have a musical correlation. Bishop, what are you trying to say? For every word I see, there's more behind that word. So then when we see he's prevented from going to Asia, I can't just think of a big continent and say, okay, God didn't want him to go because he's going to get tired on his trip. No. There's something behind the word Asia. So check this out. Asia, in its original etymology, means to go outside of. <laughs> so God says, God says to Paul, he says, I'm not letting you go to Asia. Because I know when you get there, something's going to cause you to go outside of my plan. So I'm not letting you go there because while it looks like a good thing, I know that there's something in that place that's going to cause you to get outside. Okay, can we just be honest? That, that there have been times and instances where it looked like a blessing and then you only got the blessing to regret that he gave it to you in the first place. God says, Paul, you're not going there because when you get there, you're going to get outside of my will. Bishop, what are you trying to say? There are some nouns, people, places, things, and ideas that God blocks from your life. Because he knows if you go to that noun, person, place, thing, or idea, that it's going to cause you to get outside of the plan of God for your life. So God says, I'll use anything. I'll use betrayal. I'll use gossip. I'll use controversy. Whatever I got to use, I'll use it because I need to block you from getting outside of my plan. 
But then now the second place, the second place was uh, Mysia. Uh, now, it is uh, Asia Minor, or today it's modern-day Turkey. The scripture says that they passed by it because they were trying to get to another place, and God wouldn't let them get to that place, and they passed by it again, but God blocks them from getting there. Now, watch this. Mysia is interesting because of the history of the place. Now, uh, Dr. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, who also wrote the gospel of Luke, he was a Greek physician. And when he wrote that, Acts was really an extension of the gospel of Luke. But as the scripture was being canonized, it was separated. Are you still with me? Now, watch this. Dr. Luke, being a Greek, was taught Greek mythology. Zeus and Aphrodite and all, all of the Greek mythology, the goddesses and the goddesses, images that people made so that they had something to worship. Got it? Now watch this. When he writes and uses the words Mysia in the text, it's interesting because of the history of the place. Watch this. It means the place of Achilles. Okay, now, uh, Achilles in Greek mythology was an invulnerable warrior in all of his body except one place, which was his heel. And mythology suggests that he died because of a small wound on his heel, hence the term Achilles heels, which references a person's greatest weakness. It might be small, but it has a great impact on their lives. So Luke being Greek, knowing Greek mythology, when he says and uses the term Mysia rather than Asia Minor, he's trying to insert something in the text that you'd only know if you were a Greek. He's trying to say God not only blocked them from going outside of his plan, but the second place he blocked them from was where they'd be exposed to their greatest weakness. So he hides a message in the text that sometimes God knows that certain nouns, people, places, things, and ideas will activate your most potent weakness. So he blocks you from those places. Because he knows your Misha is the place of your Achilles heel. See, God knows had he allowed what you prayed for to come in your life, that you would have stopped serving him. So what he did was he blocked that and said, I'm not letting that come because I know it's a weakness for you. Small. But the scripture says, small foxes spoil the vine. He says, I'm protecting you from your greatest weakness. See, see, see some folk, if you had actually went through the door that looked open, you would have went in to find that your greatest weakness was in front of you. See, some folk are praying, Lord, Lord, give me more money. Give me more money so I can do this and so I can do this. And God is saying, I'm not doing that because you're not ready for that quite yet. Because if I do that, I know that there's still a little wound on your heel called the inability to budget. And so... Uh, it And I know preachers want to get up and tell you God's getting ready to do this and God's getting ready to do this and God's getting ready to do this. I'm here to tell you God has already done some things. There's some things he's blocked and he said, I want to get you ready so when I give that to you, you can handle it. Third place, third place, third place. When they're going here, I'm about through. Third place was Bithynia. Now, Bithynia was interesting. God blocked them from going there. The scripture says the Holy Spirit 
prevented them from going into Bithynia. This was interesting because uh, uh, it was another man's territory. And 1 Peter 1 and 1, we find that the apostle Peter, he was assigned to reach the people in the region and the city of Bithynia. They're saying, Bishop, why would God block it? Wouldn't God want more people there to, to help? No, 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 no. Paul's assignment was to reach a certain group of people in a certain territory. So God did not want him in Peter's assignment or Peter's territory because he didn't want Paul trying to be Peter. Let me, let me see if I could make it a bit more pragmatic for your neighbor. Uh, God says, I want you to flow in your lane, but I don't need you tr- so busy trying to be somebody else that you get outside of your lane. See, Peter was gifted and talented and anointed to reach the people of Bithynia, but Paul was not. So God says to Paul, I blocked you from going there because if you would have went there, you would have imitated Peter. And if I wanted two Peters, I would have made two Peters. But I made you fearfully and wonderfully in my very image, and I made your neighbor fearfully and wonderfully in my very image, and I don't need you trying to be them. The greatest crime we have going on, not just in the world, but in the body of Christ, is identity theft. Everybody trying to be something that they saw rather than being who they were made to be. Your neighbor can't pray like you. They can't do this like you. They can't do and contra and, and conversely, you can't do it just like them. God says, I blocked you from Bithynia, Paul, because in that place you would have tried to imitate something and be something you were not. Are you still here? Now, now, now watch this. After this experience where God has blocked these, they see a vision. Say a vision. The vision is of a man in Macedonia, and this man is saying, come and help us. Now, you think because God has played such a unique chess game, blocking them from all of these places, that God would block them from Macedonia until you understand what the word Macedonia means. Macedonia means, watch this, a high place or a place of the highlanders. God says, Paul, I blocked you. From getting outside of my plan. That's what old saints used to say. We thank him for protecting us from danger seen and unseen. Because there's some stuff he blocked me from that I didn't even know I needed to be blocked from. That's called mercy. Then I blocked you from your greatest weakness. Then I blocked you from trying to go into another man's territory to be another man. Trying to imitate what he was doing. Not knowing it wasn't what he was doing but it's what was on him. And now I've opened the door for you in a place of the Highlanders. In a high place. Now, I I, I need you to get this. God says, I did all of that blocking to get you to a place where you would do far greater things than you would have done in those other places. I wanted to take you to a high place. Say a high place. I wanted to take you to a fruitful place where you're going to be doing great things. And it's in Macedonia that in Acts chapter 16, we find the story where Paul and Silas were thrown into prison. But at midnight, they began to pray. And the Bible says their praise. See, God started hearing their praise. And he started to tap on his foot. And he started to hop around a little bit. And the Bible says that an earthquake shaked and shook the jail. So much so that the jailers came to them and said, what must we do to be saved? So when he goes to Macedonia, not only 
only does he see a miracle through his praise, but now the Philippian jailer that was holding him wants to become a Christian. That Philippian jailer goes and starts the Philippian church. And not only that, but he travels and then he goes to Athens and then he goes to Corinth and he establishes new churches. God says, Paul, I blocked all of that because you would have been doing little stuff over there. I blocked all of that so you could go to a high place, so you could go to a fruitful place. And sometimes there are opportunities that God blocks from us and we think, man, I really missed it. That was my, that was my opportunity. And God says, I blocked it. Because I have a Macedonia for you. It's interesting to note that God created places before he created people, which means when the person gets in the right place, the place will produce fruit for the person effortlessly. I'm going to say it again because your neighbor didn't hear me. God made places before he made people, which means when I'm in the right place, watch this, at the right time. The place will produce for me and it will seem almost effortlessly. See, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of having to fight for everything. And I'm tired of having to push and pawn for everything. I want to get in the right place at the right time so that the place produces for me. And in exchange, it blesses everybody around you. Now, now here's the, here's the great enigma. The great enigma is, Bishop, how then do we discern between God doing something or blocking something and, 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 and when God wants us to pursue something. Hear me. Sometimes God will prevent us from a certain goal at a time that's not divine. Now, now watch this. Divine timing allows me to maximize every opportunity. So if you're being blocked from something that you think was good, it's not God. It doesn't mean no, it just means not now. Now the question becomes, Bishop, why? Why, why would God do this? Divine timing, okay, that's great, that sounds spiritual, but, but why? Why do I have to wait? Number one, maybe because you're not equipped for it yet. Uh, sometimes folk will say, well, I, I want this and, I'm, and I want that, but, but they're not equipped for it. You're saying, God, I want you to use me. I want to be a star. And God's saying, you can't even handle Sister Cantaloupe talking about you. And if you want to be a star, how are you going to deal when the inquirers writing up about you and the stars writing up about you and they're Twittering about you and they're Facebooking about you? You can't even handle somebody saying they didn't like your shoes. But then the second reason is maybe the place, the noun person place thing right there maybe it's not ready for you maybe it's not an issue that there's something more you need maybe it's an issue that god wants to get the place prepared i was saying to them uh that uh have you ever made a reservation how many people you ever made a reservation somewhere made a reservation? okay no 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 watch this what's the purpose of the reservation so when you get there everything's set up and ready to go but now maybe it's just me maybe it's just me well, I've gone to a place I had a reservation to only get there and they act like we didn't just speak four hours ago. Okay, I'm the only one that that's happened to. And you show up, big long line of people outside of the restaurant. But you're thinking to yourself, I'm not worried because I have a reservation. The purpose of me making my reservation is so when I get there, everything is set for me. 
God says many times it's not that you're not ready for the place. It's that the place is not yet prepared for you. It can't handle your vision. It can't handle your dream. It can't handle your thought process. It can't handle your wisdom. They're not ready for you yet. And so sometimes God says, yes, I blocked you. Yes, you were qualified for the job, but I blocked it because they weren't ready for you yet. Okay, I don't hear anybody saying anything. Y'all were shouting earlier, I guess. I, now, now watch this. I alluded to it earlier. How do I know when I should yield to God blocking something? Or when I should be like David and make pursuit? Because most often we're taught uh, if one door shuts, God's going to open another door. So often we're taught, uh, this is my own personal philosophy, no just means not this way. Which means I'll find another way to get done what I'm trying to get done. I don't receive your no. But sometimes God is in the no. How how in a moment of chaos and tribulation and my plans being changed without my initiation, how do I know when I'm supposed to yield to God blocking something? Or when I'm supposed to pursue it. Fellas, fellas, you maybe had to deal with this because she was playing hard to get. And so and so you weren't sure. God, do I pursue? It's okay, men. Y'all can say amen. Okay, then let me talk to the married men. Okay, just married men, married men. Sing men, don't say that. Okay. And you were trying to figure out the way she just hung up the phone in my face. Does that mean I should pursue? Or God is blocking something. Okay, okay, I just needed to get everybody on the same page. Okay, just, just need to get us on the same page. Now, now, now watch this. In your moment of chaos and tribulation and plans being changed without your initiation, here's the whole point. This is a one-point message. You ready? Calm down. Uh, I have a saying. Uh, y'all, remember, y'all saw that movie Unstoppable with Denzel? And the train is unstoppable. Got it? Uh, most of us are like that train, if we'll tell the truth. Amen. When the train leaves the station, it's gone. So when you face a moment of chaos or tribulation or a trial, you're gone. The devil, he ain't, no, I'm not, I'm not the one. This ain't happening to me. Oh, no, no, I'm going to fight. I called my prayer partner, and we started praying, and we started buking and binding and sending and releasing and all of this. In a moment of chaos, calm down. That's the message. (laughs) Calm down. Why, Bishop? Because when you're in a moment of panic, you you lose your ability for sensibility, and you miss hearing God. The scripture says, my sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. But watch this. You can't hear his voice, sheep, if you're so busy bawling. (laughs) Let me say it another way. You can't hear him talking if while he's talking, you're trying to overtalk him. And you know what God does? I learned this about him. He won't start yelling at you. He'll just be quiet. And let you go through all of that fury 
and all of that stress and all of that chaos. And once you get to the end of it, it doesn't work out. You're like, God, what happened? I tried to tell you. I blocked that. But you were out of the gate. The train was on the railroad. You're like the wild, wild west. You shoot first and then you ask questions. I found that's not a very effective way to live. Just get a visual real quick. You, you shoot somebody because somebody only tells you part of the story and you respond before you have the whole story. So now you, didn't I say, you shot them dead. And then you go down and try to talk to them. Now, what were you trying to say? In your moment of chaos, confusion, plans being changed, calm down. You got to be like Job. And I'm through. You got to be like Job. Job, in his moment on day one when he lost everything, the messengers came one after the other. Your children are dead. The the storm came. This happened. This happened. Your money's gone. The, The animals are dead. Everything's gone. And that moment, Job was silent. When you go to the movies, you know what they say to you? Silence is golden. Your silence is perhaps one of the most powerful weapons you have. I may not have, I may not have a tank, but I've got silence. And it is in my silence that I can say, okay, God, is this you blocking this? Or is this something I'm supposed to pursue? And just like Job, the Bible says Job fell to his knees after getting the worst news of his life. His children are dead. He falls to his knees and he worships. And he says, God, I want to say lots of things right now. My emotions are pulling me every which way and, and I'm confused and I'm, I'm hurt and I'm ashamed and I'm, I, I don't know, what did I do? What's going on? But he was silent. He fell to his knees and he said, God, now is this you or is this something I need to pursue? And in that moment, God speaks to him and says, Job, I'm adding this to the text. The Bible doesn't explicitly say it, but we know God had to say it because of Job's response. He says, be still and know that I am God. We've got a natural fighter on the inside of us. That's that's, that's how we're built. But sometimes you need to turn that fighter off and just be still. Because when you calm down, God says you'll be able to hear my voice. Everybody stand on your feet.